Hey, welcome into the Coach Bodo's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page and search Coach Bono's Show. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 63. And coming in to review the week nine action in the NFL and preview week 10 in the NFL is one of our most popular contributors. Ladies, if you're in the greater Denver area, lay out some warm weather golf clothes and some Titleist Pro V1 golf balls. Magically, he will appear. He's a man of style, sophistication, and he remains undefeated against home pregnancy tests with a record of 52-0-1. He's the real reason Sierra moved to Denver. Check out his new book, just released in paperback, Russ may cook, but I can eat. His mother named him Ricardo. Around here, we call him Uncle Rico. My main man, Ricardo Gerbelini. Ricardo, what's going on, Bubba? Oh, lots, lots of lots of football talk to be had here. That's a yeah. this has been an exciting weekend. I'm looking forward to the spirited discussion we always have. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to first mention that Uncle Rico's appearance, as always, is brought by Stitch Fix. Get $25 off your first box of Stitch Fix. Check out the link in the show notes. Follow link, follow the link and save today. It's a great way to do your holiday shopping. If you got a man or if you're a man, you want to do something nice for your lady, boom, check out Stitch Fix. A great way to the gift that keeps on giving. Better than the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> so where do you want to start on week nine? Well, you know, Let's just deal with hometown first. Okay. AC Tennessee. Let's get, let's get that out the way first because that okay. that gives that opens up everything else. Okay. So we'll, we'll start with Kansas City. Kansas City Sunday night um, hosted Tennessee with the overtime. This is how Tennessee plays football. This is oh yeah. They dirty up the game, make it muddy, run the football, shorten the game in the clock. And they have Kansas City's number. That team has the Chiefs' number. Chiefs, lucky to beat them. Um, if the Titans aren't starting Malik Willis in this game, who has not thrown to a wide receiver yet uh, in his two yeah. games as quarterback, uh, he has not completed a pass to a wide receiver, I should say. If he, doesn't, <laughs> if he completes a pass to a wide receiver, the Chiefs lose this game. Um, having said that, the Chiefs did not play terribly. It's just that's the nature of the Titans. That's why the Titans have yes. gone from being 0-2 to 5-3. and And it's like, holy shit, that, there, here they are again. I mean, they were literally 0-2. Coming into yesterday, dead. they were – Yeah, coming into yesterday, they were on a five-game winning streak. Uh-huh. Or not yesterday, two days ago. They were coming into a five. They were on a five-game winning streak coming into this last week, and yeah. and Tennessee did something that we've been talking about this entire time, especially against a team like Kansas City. They ran the ball and they controlled the clock. They controlled pace of play. Kept Mahomes on the sideline, limiting his series that he the number of series he got, and kept the game close. Kansas City was you know in overtime scored twenty. After overtime, that is one of the lowest scores they've had all year. Yeah. I think it is their second lowest output of the year. 
yeah, they scored 17 against the Colts, but other than their loss to the Colts, the Chiefs did week three. But otherwise, 20, they've done 20 twice against Buffalo and now the Titans. And you're 100% right. I mean, it's muddy the game up, run the football, pound them, pound them, pound Now, the Chiefs defense came with it. I mean, let's be honest. Sure. The Chiefs defense did not allow the Titans to do anything in the fourth quarter. And that got them back in the game. Mahomes had a couple of great plays late on that last possession that set him up for the for the for the tying field goal to take it to overtime. Yes. But and, Mahomes and wasn't anyway, great. who's curious about the difference of what a premier quarterback who can put the team on his shoulders and carry a win, that's mm-hmm. what it looks like. That is, yeah. you saw the last few minutes of the game and the overtime. That is Patrick Mahomes putting the team on his shoulders and making it happen. That is the difference between your greats and your goods. Yeah. Yeah. And Mahomes shows you what you have when you've got a guy like Mahomes or Allen, a couple of others. Mahomes threw the ball 68 times in this game. We've talked over and over. You got to be able to run the football. He threw the ball 43 of 68 for 446, the huge output in yardage. One touchdown, one interception. The interception was in the red zone. And then he had the rushing touchdown, Mahomes did. Um, You know, Mahomes didn't play. Yes, he had a great game. If you look at the numbers, 40 completions, 443 yards. But the Titans had him frustrated. Kelsey had a bad You've got to give credit to the Titans' defense. Because it wasn't just that they controlled the clock. It wasn't just that they ran the ball. That Titans defense really showed up against Kansas City, and you could see how they frustrated him throughout most of the game. Really came after him. Yeah. It was – but if you're the Chiefs, you won the game. You played that gritty style, came through and won – you, your your big guy wins the game for you at the end with Mahomes, and but they didn't do it in a flashy way, which tells me that they're getting better. I like the Chiefs doing that. I like the Chiefs actually beat the Titans. The Titans have had their number. The two seasons in a row, they've beaten them doing this. Beat them in the playoffs last year. They beat them the year before in Arrowhead the same way. The fact that this year they couldn't do it. And you can say, well, the rookie at quarterback, yeah. But, man, that offensive line from the Titans is getting healthy. Like you said earlier, they won five in a row. And they went in the arrowhead with a rookie quarterback on his second start. And damn yeah. near won. And I, I think there's something to be said about Malik Willis at this point. I think you can see there's potential there. He's athletic. But he's, he's, he's so green. He's very green in the NFL right well, now. The argument, my argument on Malik Willis, this is why I said I didn't think he was worth the first-round pick, is that he came from Liberty, where he was coached well by Hugh Freeze, who's a, who's a great coach at Old Miss, you know, had the stuff that happened to him there. He goes to Liberty, really coached Malik Willis up, but he's ne- Malik Willis has never played top, top competition in college. The one game he played his senior year against top competition was against Mississippi State, and he did not play well in that game. I was, so I, that was one where I was like, okay, I, I, if he had, but he has athletic skills. He's bigger than he looks. He's got a good arm. He's um, 
I was talking to somebody else about this. He's got a, he's like, um, at Kansas, Jason Bean has a yeah. strong arm, but it's not accurate. Now, Malik Willis is a better quarterback than that, but I was using that more as a local comparison. Is say that sure, he's got a sure. strong arm, he's not extremely accurate, but some of that's going to also be if they can get some wide receivers. I mean, they're basically playing. I think, honestly, how the Titans get their receivers is they have a drawing or a raffle on Friday. <laughs> and if you get the right number, you get to suit up <laughs> and play catch a pass from a quarterback for the Titans. That's why they haven't is it, is it bad to a wide receiver in two weeks. I, I literally flashed to an image in the locker room of one of those like jack lanterns with a bunch of lollipops, like Tootsie Pops sticking out of it, and you had to pull one out. And if you come uh, if you come up with the right one, you get to play. Yeah, so, you play. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it feels like. But but to to your point, it's, you know, Malik Willis. It's his second game. He has he's very green. He didn't get a lot of reps, obviously. You know, benching Tannehill, you know, him starting here is a significant change for the Titans. Yeah. I'm it's interesting they do it midseason like this. It's interesting they do it against the Chiefs like this. But I'm encouraged by them moving forward yeah. with this because I could see there's flashes of talent there. They just are too young and too inexperienced in the NFL to really have made a difference. If this was a year from – if he had had a year under his belt, this is a different game. Yeah, This is a different game will. against the Chiefs if he has a year under his belt. Because here's the thing that drove me crazy at the end of the game, especially in overtime, is that the thing that they had done so right, they abandoned. It was three straight out passes. You didn't give it to Henry. Henry was sitting on the damn sideline, and it yeah. drove me insane. You're not under the crunch of the clock. You still had about four and a half minutes left on the clock, and you're not running with Derrick Henry. It yeah. drove me crazy to watch this and say, how are you abandoning the run on this rookie quarterback on his shoulders who's never been in this situation before in a primetime game, let alone any other NFL game, and you're abandoning your playbook? Don't do that. Stick to your script. It's what's gotten you this far. It's what got you to an overtime game with the Chiefs. They should have had this, and they abandoned their playbook, and I'm pissed off about it. Yeah, so I was watching the game late, and I agree with you. What I said to Jen, we were watching the game together, and I said, this is where they're going to lose to the Titans. I said, they're getting out there, and they got four minutes, a little under four minutes to go. When you have the ball, you just got to get a first down. The yeah. most important thing on any late-game possession is to not go three and out. It is to get the ball Get a first down. Get the first first. I tell every week I watch every red zone game and I can, or every, you know, into the game and I can't. I think the same thing on every possession. Get the first first down. If we get the first first down, now we're cooking. But not until then. And you can't do it on third and 10. You got to go out on first down and get six yards. Look, everyone's backed up. You run the football. I'm a really easy guy to defend in that way because I'll tell you as an offensive coordinator, I'm calling a run play on first down because I'm going to spread you out. I'm going to run right up the fucking middle. I'm going to go six or seven yards. I'm going to get right on the ball, and then I'm going to run a quick out play. 
I want the first down, and now we can go. And that drives it, me crazy. It, it boggles my mind. Their best weapon is on the sideline. And they refuse to use it in their passing game. They I, 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 I'm okay with them not. Hey, if you put Derrick Henry out there and say I'm not throwing to him, I'm handing the ball. I would take Derrick Henry three plays in a row to get me ten yards before I give that ball to Malik Willis once on that drive. Not to say that he won't throw it more or he won't do more work, but for the for, to, to your point, to get that first down, I give it. It's four down territory for me. I give it to Derrick Henry three times in a row. I sure, I, I am sure he will get me a first down the first one. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to, and, and they had timeouts. I mean, it was, yeah, to turn the ball over there at the end. And that's what gives the chiefs the field goal to get back or the touchdown to get back in it. And then get to the overtime, you get the ball first or the, or the chief at the ball first. I'm sorry. Chief at the ball first. They got the field goal, which if you're the Titans, you're like, yay. Yeah. You're getting the ball. There's four minutes to go. The chiefs did a great job of running out the clock. They run a 10-minute sure. overtime. They ran six and a half off almost. But it doesn't do you any good. Take the rookie quarterback who's thrown who's thrown fucking 13 passes in the game so far, and they have him drop back three times, four times. It, it doesn't Henry. make any sense. If they, if they had less time, I could understand it, but they had, yes. still had four minutes. Get the first down. Put Derrick Henry on the block. Even if you're throwing the ball, put Derrick Henry on there because at least he is going to draw attention that you're going to hand it off to him. You cannot just let Derrick Henry free. So you're going to pull in a linebacker. You're going to pull in a D-back just for a little bit and give yourself an opportunity. It it just blew my mind how just – why, why is it the coaches are stupid? This is where I can't, just don't get it. There was three minutes and 53 seconds left yeah. when they got the ball. So, I mean, that's what I'm looking at and going, well, why in the hell am I doing that? So, I mean, I, I got to get the first down first. Because you got to get the first down, and then you can worry about getting the field goal range, yeah. and then you can look about the, you know, as much as you can do in that turn. Yeah, you had two timeouts. By going straight to pass, 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 and leaving Derrick Henry on the field or on the sideline, you've already signaled to the defense that they're not that you're going to throw three times. Yeah. You know this. Doesn't matter. It, it was. It just doesn't make sense. It, it, it was not a good possession by the Titans. Um, but again, I got to give. It a makes lot me of think that maybe Tennessee. It makes me think that maybe Tennessee should have hired Jeff Saturday before the Colts did. Oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> We're gonna get <laughs> I have a line for you when we talk about Jeff Saturday that you're gonna be like, oh Please. boy. Yeah. Um going back to this weekend stuff. So we get the Chiefs win, that's great. Um and I think you gotta give the Chiefs credit. I really do. I think you gotta give the Chiefs credit. They pulled it out. You know, Mahomes played like Mahomes. That's why you have that guy. Is that when all else fails, let him take over. And he is that guy. When you, yeah. We talked about it. When you can put the team on your shoulders and, and come out with a win, that's exactly what he did. It's why he is who he is. It's why he has the contract who he is. It's why he's always in the conversation of top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, He is something very special, and he did it on Sunday, and it was, it, it was pure Mahomes. 
Um, we'll talk about your other game. Let's talk about your local team out there in Denver, and that's the Broncos. I mean, they didn't lose. They didn't win. <laughs> they won the bye week. <laughs> we won the bye week. <laughs> the Broncos won the bye week. Um, hey, you know, I, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on the Broncos. They had, they had the win over in the Tally Hobo against uh, Jacksonville a week, two weeks ago now. Uh, they have a bye. Yeah. They get the Titans next week. That'll be different. That'll be interesting to see how that game goes. They get pounded. Um, I have no optimism for that. Yeah. So I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Broncos and I'm going, man, do they have any chance to get back in the in the in the in the standings here? Have any shot at maybe taking a, to get a wild card spot with we 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 see how the, well I mean the the AFC South looks like it's a mess now. The oh, yeah. Colts lost oh, yeah. again and they've fired their coach. The Titans are clearly the class of that division and they're gonna win. The Broncos are two games back of the Chargers, but we don't think the Chargers are very good right now. And then in the East, you got Buffalo and the Jets. In the North, you got the Ravens and the Bengals. There's going to be someone playing for that last wild card spot. If you figure the Jets Miami. get one, the Bengals get one. The Dolphins are still in that. Hey, the Dolphins are still in it. The Jets, I can't beat Buffalo. We'll talk about that next. But I, yeah. Yeah, the Broncos, you think they have a chance here? They're going to have to put some games together here. You think Russ is going to do some cooking or not? No, no, I don't. And I'll tell you, right now, I'm looking at this next week and thinking that we are on a countdown to a Hackett firing. Because yeah. um, we've seen co- coaches, a couple of coaches have already gone midseason. We've seen the Panthers get rid of theirs, and we've now seen the Colts oh, yeah. get rid of theirs. I think the Broncos, I think that's where the job Hackett is on the chopping block if he, you know, if he can't turn this thing around. And it's not like we, we know the problem is both Hackett and Wilson. Wilson's yeah. got a personality problem. With his, he's lost the locker room. And Hackett, let's be honest here, has not been a good coach yet. He hasn't no. done one one week. Now he's done one thing right, which was to get himself that guy in the in the booth for for clock management. But beyond that, he hasn't done a thing right with this team. So yeah. to me, he's on the chopping block this week. Yeah, and yeah, I don't I, mean, I, I don't expect him to turn around turn this around yet. They need a new coach who can one get Russell Wilson to get on the same page with the rest of his team. One. And to start, you know, delivering on what they need to do as a professional team. They don't look like a professional team. They look like an awful college team right now. Yeah. Well, you know, they trade Bradley Chubb in the bye week. I mean, so now your yeah. best defensive player is gone. Um, you're playing the Titans, who you know are going to run to run the ball. They got to play at Tennessee. You know what the Titans are going to do? They're going to run the football. They're going to turn you over. Gonna it's going to be tough. It'll be ugly. Then the Broncos go have, come back home and play the Raiders. They go to the Panthers, who are pretty bad right now. Then they got a game at the Ravens. Then they play the Chiefs at home. They still have two games against the Chiefs. The Chargers are in there. The Ravens, the Titans. Yeah, I don't see the, the Broncos pulling anything out here anytime soon. I, I think they. I think they. They maybe they squeak out three more wins this season. I, I really have little hope for them right now. Do you, do you think the next loss is Hackett's last game? I'm sorry, what? Do you think that the next loss for the Broncos is Nathaniel Hackett's last game? 
it should be, honestly. Okay. And the, the thing is, they're going to walk into this Titans game, and no one's going to give them any hope. But I think if you get past the Titans, let, let's just I'll, I'll play conservative against sure, that. Go for it. Between the Raiders and the Panthers, if they lose either of those games, I fire Hackett immediately. Yeah, I would agree with that. They, they, because two games they both win. of those, yeah, those are two games anyone should win. The Raiders have are dysfunctional; they don't know how to win, and the Panthers are scraping the bottom up. of the barrel right now. I mean, they have, they are out they're of this up. season. They have given up. They gave rid of, they get rid of CMC. They know they're done. They're looking at next year already. So I, if I you want. don't beat the Raiders and the Panthers, I think that's the end of Hackett. And personally, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I watched the Panthers Bengals game on Sunday. Yeah. The Panthers, I feel bad for their players. They just they're not they're not a they look like the mean machine out there. I mean, they are yeah. they're, they're just not a professional team. They they you know, they trade kiss to Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, Sam Darnold gets hurt. They bench Baker Mayfield. PJ Walker is their quarterback. Um, he I just was watched the their quarterback until over. halftime. What's that? It was he was the quarterback until halftime, and then they he, brought him back. They brought, they brought Baker uh, in the second Yeah, they game. brought him back in. But yeah. they've already said PJ Walker's going to start from here. And yeah, so I yeah, it, it's something. I, I'd um, be cons- I would be I would consider that an issue if they knew what that even meant. I don't even think they know how to coach at this point. I yeah. would fire that entire staff today. Yeah. All right, a couple other things They're I want to touch on this past week. One, the Bills get upset by the Jets. 20 to 17. Um, Josh yeah. Allen got hurt in this game. I don't know if you've heard. He has an elbow. Yeah, they're injury. looking at the, his UCL. Yeah, his UCL yeah, is and they are, drained. They, they don't are know being what he's very be quiet about this. And But yeah. that tells me they're being this quiet. It means Josh Allen's hurt. Would you agree? Guess what they're going to do? They're going to yeah. run. And they should. They don't run enough. I agree. They, I, we, we were watching, we were watching all the games, the early games on Sunday, and Josh Allen did not play well in the passing game in that game. Uh, no, kind of like how no, Mahomes looked in the first half. Honestly, Allen looked the same yeah. way in the first half. Um, but what Allen can do that Mahomes can't do, all right, let me, let me phrase this correctly because I'm not going to say that Patrick Mahomes can't run the football because he can, but he does like he the ad lib running. Josh Allen runs the ball yeah. at the fullback. Yeah, they do run differently. But in, in, in fairness, I mean, he is bigger than Mahomes. He runs a little bit more like Lamar Jackson does more than yeah. Mahomes. Uh, how the way he scrambles is a little bit more flight, you know, flight-footed. He's, yeah. he's a little bit more dodgy, if you will, Mahomes is, which gives him the escapability he actually needs. Whereas well, Allen is much more like a Lamar Jackson. He's much more north-south. He's much more down. And he's harder to take down as a result because he's a little yeah, bit bigger. He, but they I don't run Josh the ball. Allen's, I think Josh Allen's the second, the second hardest running back in the league to take down. Yes, I think Derrick Henry agree. is one. I think Josh Allen might be two. <laughs> he hey, might man, be. Josh Allen's it's, so big when he gets going. And, he, and like you were saying, if he's running north and south, you do not want to get in front of him. 
No. I mean, he, he had nine carries for 86 yards in their game this week against the Jets. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, Jets, that's no small amount. But almost, credit to the Jets. Credit to the Jets. The Jets are on a roll this year. They're doing everything right. We've talked yeah. about the Jets and their upswing, and this is a statement game for the Jets. There's nothing. Don't don't think we're taking. You know, we you and I have have hyped the Bills as one of our preferred teams of the year, picking them to get to the AFC Finals and to you know, possibly a Super Bowl. Yeah, we talked about this them being in the Super Bowl. Credit to the Jets. The Jets are not, are for real. They're They've done something now they haven't done in probably 15 to 20 years. And that's put together a real team that's doing some real football. They look good. This is the it's best. It's not Zach Taylor. It's the rest of the team. This is Zach Taylor kind of filling the role of don't fuck it up. Because the rest Zach of the Wilson. team is playing very, very well. Zach Wilson, yeah. Zach Wilson's playing great. I mean, he's not flashing numbers. He flashing manages numbers. the game. To give you an idea, against Buffalo, 34 carries for the Jets, 25 passes. Yeah. You know, it's good balance. That's all you got to do. Manage the game. And, and if you can dirty it up. I mean, we saw both quarter, both of the main two quarterbacks, Mahomes and Allen. Allen loses. Mahomes almost lost. How do you beat them? You dirty up the game. You make it physical. You make them run the football. You make them – or you make them throw – in a way they're not ready to throw and you just run the fucking football. You take possessions away from them. I mean, Allen threw two interceptions. Mahomes threw one in the red zone. I mean, you can't yeah. do that. You can't do that and expect to win. The, the Chiefs were lucky that the Titans let them go in the fourth quarter and in the overtime. The Jets didn't do that. And I think you said it, and I was going to say it, but I'm glad you did first. The Jets are for real. Yeah. They're, they may not be a Super Bowl contender, but the Jets might be the new Titans. But instead of yeah, the, the Jets one, are out of the doghouse. Yeah, and, 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 and they might be the new Titans with a better defense, and they don't have the one monster running back. They got the committee. Them adding James Robinson was a great deal. Because now they can go Robinson and Michael Carter. Zach Wilson had five carries in this game. You know, they ran the ball 34 times. And if they can run the ball 34 times and average five yards a carry, um, guys, you're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. And, and the biggest one on their defense, the it might end up being the best pick in this draft, is the defensive back from the Jets, Sauce Gardner. Uh, Cincinnati. Oscar, yo, yeah, yeah. They oh, poured God, he, all he over that. Be good. We knew how good yeah. he was in college. It, it's it's crazy because there was two really good corners. Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley. And now I, I say that Derek Stingley is the best player on the Texans team right now. But Sauce Gardner's doing it on a on a second place team, a team that's six and three. And with their remaining schedule, they're playing the last place schedule. They've got some games in division. Like they've got coming up the Patriots. They got the Bears. That'll be exciting, at least. Uh, the Vikings, yes, who are no pushover. A game against the against the Bills. They have the Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins division game at the end. Boy, it comes. Oh, down I love the last, that. I, I love those last few games. games. 
Yeah, those last three games, last four games, if they can beat at Seattle and beat at and beat the Dolphins in Miami, that team's a playoff team. And the way they play is like the Titans have been the last three to five years. Get in there, muddy it up, run the ball, turn the other team over a couple times. I mean, look, let's say it was the Chiefs. Let's say it was the Jets versus the Chiefs. Sauce Gardner is going to be on Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And we just saw the, the, the Titans take Kelsey out the game. And Mahomes, that kind of screwed Mahomes up a little bit. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster played very well, I think, in kind of playing that role a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. I – I want to see that. I want to see that's a team that they get in that playoff spot. We talked earlier in the year, we liked the Jets. We liked the Lions. We liked the Lions, but what we saw from hard knocks and just the attitude, they haven't shown it on the field at all. We really liked the, Giant, the Jets because we liked the Jets, that young players, Robert Salam's good coach. We've seen what he's done so far. Yeah. You know, they're not trying to go out there and beat you 35-34. I don't know. I it, it, it was surprising that Buffalo lost. I did pick the Jets plus the points in a couple of pick things, but um, unbelievable game. So now the Bills get a second loss, which is great for the Chiefs because now your same record, your tiebreaker is that the, the Bills beat the Chiefs. But if they can drop another game, Bills that is, the Chiefs can win out and take the number one seat. So the number one yeah. seed is back in play for the Chiefs by doing that. Um, the other game I want to talk about, this is overrated. But I'm going to say it like this because it may be true. Did Tom Brady save the Bucks season? You, you know, here's the thing. Because I know you've been, you've been hard on I Tom have. Brady. And it's not yes, unwarranted. You've, you've been hard on him all year. And here's the thing about Tom Brady is, and I watched that game. I did watch all of that game end to end. And I am flabbergasted by the number of dropped passes in the hands, in the chest, by these the Bucks receivers. It is infuriating. And I, I sympathize with Tom when he puts it on the money, which he did multiple times in crucial situations, that they just drop them. They bounce off their hands. It bounces off their helmet. I am blown away by how bad the receiving is in the Bucks team in the Bucks offense, and Tom is putting it there where he's supposed to be. I will after after watching that game and 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 hearing about it. I will not put any of this on Tom Brady. I put it on those receivers. When your quarterback delivers the ball on the money, which he did multiple times, and you don't catch it, it's on you. And that's what happened to the Bucks. And yeah. granted, you know, it, they they won because of Tom, but they should have won commandingly because of Tom if they were working together. There's something yeah. wrong on that receiving team that they either don't understand or, or or just have not drilled it enough. But Tom's not missing his passes. He's not throwing bad passes he yeah. threw everything on target and there were multiple drops that should not have been dropped at all they only scored nine points until the last possession yeah 
And again, Tampa Bay's biggest problem is just like everybody else in the league, we attack. You can't have a 45-year-old quarterback throwing the ball 58 times. They need to run more. They need to run They ran more. 20 times in this game. Leonard Fournette had nine carries. Leonard Fournette had five receptions. He had nine carries. I still think there's some problems with Brady. I think a lot of, I didn't watch much of the game. I saw the end of the game. Because by the time we gotten over to that part of the game, I was at home watching the second half games. Um, the Rams defense was wearing fucking roller skates on that last possession. Yeah. They were playing They're on cover four. I'm like, why are you playing cover four out here? Are you trying to give him lanes to throw the ball into? I mean, look, I'll be honest. I can't throw the ball like Tom Brady, and I'm only about a year older, but um, I could have completed some of those passes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But that's why I'm saying there's no excuse. I mean, just ridiculous. And Oh, yeah, the there's no excuse. All right. The Rams, there was no excuse. I mean, six plays, 60 yards. Um, let me pull it up here. I got the game thing here. Um, you get the 28-yard pass. You get the spike. Then you get the short one to Fournette, who gets out of bounds for four. Then it goes another pass for 14 yards, one for seven. And then you have the penalty, the pass interference, and then um, – the pass for one yard for the touchdown. They get the two point conversion, and you're at sixteen thirteen. Yeah, and I'm um, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna rib the Rams just a little bit more here because here's the simple fact of the matter: you put the ball in Tom Brady's hands in a two minute drill to finish the game, and you forgot that you were playing against Tom Brady in the two minute drill. Fuck 30, off! It went no. in thirty five seconds. There's no way. He should have had any chance. They should have rushed five, dropped six, and said, oh, man, you're getting rid of this ball. Yeah. And uh, if, they had, and if that's how they had played, it would have been different. Yeah. Awful calls. He can't, he can't beat you by moving around in the pocket. And with 30 seconds to go, he's got to move out of the pocket in order to get – I'm bringing it. I'm just going to keep bringing it with 35 seconds. I'm bringing five every oh, yeah. time. I'm dropping six. I'm not even going to worry about the middle of the field. You're not going to get that. I, that was a bad defense. They played four deep, rushed three, and four stood in the middle to thumb up their ass. I'm like, what the fuck? No way. And, and, he, and he picked them apart. He marched them right down the field. He threw three oh. passes straight to the left sideline in a row and oh. completed them. Ridiculous. The Rams don't know how to cover. It was awful. Awful. The Rams are now the Rams. The, yeah, the Rams chance. are the biggest disappointment. Right now, to me, the Rams coming off a Super Bowl win are the biggest disappointment. They are playing awful ball. I think it's the team. Yes, they're the biggest. I'm gonna, that's where I'm going to go next. Is Yes, at three and five, the Rams are definitely the biggest team disappointment. Um. You know, I think mean, the worst, the, the the player that I think that I look at and I go, this player's been disappoint, biggest disappointment this season, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Thank you for saying it, God. I was thinking the exact same thing. 
I also watched that Green Bay Lions oh. game, and I can tell you right now, this is my impression of, uh, you know, my impression based on that game of where Aaron Rodgers is, he's a fucking asshole. I watched him play all that entire game, and he looks like a man who feels above everyone else on the field, yeah. every coach, every player on both teams, the refs, the stand. He looks like an asshole on the field. I wouldn't want to be in that locker room. I don't want him on my team. He looks like everything he does, he does with an attitude and chip on his shoulder that he is not deserved. Fucking yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't want him on my team. I'm looking at, at, at right now, Green Bay doesn't want him next year. I can assure you that. And I am curious who out there would want him based on what I saw Sunday. I can't think of a – I mean, I know there are teams. And many teams would want Aaron Rodgers on their you – know, you know, quarterbacking for them right now. I wouldn't. He looked – like an absolute attitude-filled asshole. Yeah. His... And, I can, and I can understand. It now makes complete sense why that team looks like shit. They are awful. Yeah. And Aaron well, Rodgers looks like shit because of it. Yeah. They, have, they do not have a lot of great players out there. That's, that's for certain. But again, I'm going to pull it up here again. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't even know this yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it. I'm going to go, holy shit, we're right again. Let me go to the box score here. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 43 times in that game. He had three interceptions in the red zone. Yeah. Ricardo, yeah. do you want to you want to uh, venture a guess as to how many run plays the Packers had in this game? If they ran more than 13 run plays, I'd be shocked. They had 25, but they were still 25. That's shocking. Sort of being balanced. Yeah. Um. I mean, he threw completions to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten different players received a pass. Okay, that's pretty impressive. I will say that the ball gets around. Now that's ten players on his team. Uh, how many of the other teams' players caught passes? Um, <laughs> three. <laughs> Kirby Joseph had At two. At least three. Oh, two, two players had had interceptions. So. Yeah, 12 players yeah. caught passes from Rodgers on Sunday. Uh, just having to be two of them were dressed in Lions uniforms. Um, but if he's throwing over 40 times, you're doing things wrong. And yeah. it's him doing it. You know it's him doing it. Yeah. And he's not protecting the ball in the red zone. I mean, that's just awful. I, w- it, I was it, watching that game, and I just – it was like – you know, you go to a sports bar and you're watching the game, and we were at a decent place, and – and he got people from different teams, the fans of different teams, all there, and and you'd hear you hear the oh, or the yeah. And so my wife is there, you know, Jen. She's she's watching yeah. a little bit of this game, a little bit of that game. I'm watching mostly the Bengals game because I'm watching Burrow, and then I'm glancing at other games during commercials. And Rogers throws the first interception. I was like, he's doing a red zone interception. This is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers yeah. the red zone interceptions. And the second one happened. And I was like, that was a tip. Okay, I get it. And the third one, I'm like, dude, you've got to just get off the fucking field. Three it, it, red um, zone turnovers? It, uh, and and, and to be fair, you, he's, he threw 43. He only completed 23. 23. Barely 23 over 50%. He's 23 yeah, of 43. Are you fucking kidding me? 
23 of 43 for Aaron Rodgers. That's like 51 and a half percent or whatever of completion percentage after 43. Now, by comparison, he threw three interceptions. We brought, we talked about Tom Brady. He's thrown one interception this year. Yeah. Brady does not turn the ball. That's one been one of Brady's things. He can turn the ball as good as anyone ever. Um, exactly. does not turn Aaron the ball. Rogers looks like garbage. I can't believe they like threw it 43 times. That's the, that's the imbalance that Rogers brings to the team. It's, I can't say it's the coach. It's the coach because I'm betting they call run plays and he audibles. It's and so that's I think Brady, now see, I think Brady does the same thing. See, I think the same argument with Brady, it just worked this week because the Rams defense was so bad in the last possession of the game. Other than, other than that last Argue. possession, Argue. Brady was yeah. more shit too. But he saved, he saved his team's season because they're also in the worst division in the NFL. The True. NFC South <laughs> is straight yes. up garbage. Yes. They are number one with a losing record. They are number one in their division. Yeah, let's pull that up real quick. The NFC yeah, South, I they're... the Bucks and the Falcons are tied for first at four and five. The Saints are a game And they back get the win because of the head-to-head. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And then the Panthers are sitting there two and seven. Um, yeah, no other division has everyone below 500. That's pretty bad. Um, the AFC it, South is it, bad, but they at least have a five and three team in there. Yeah, if if you're looking at if if, if we talk about the NFC South, that's one thing. But if you look at the NFC North with Green Bay, they're three and six. They have now lost, I believe, five straight. Maybe they're three and six at no, tied. Yeah, they have tied at three and six with Chicago, one game ahead of Detroit, where Minnesota is leading seven to one. Like this isn't yeah, even a question. The Vikings right now, have- Green Bay. Doesn't even look to make the playoffs, and I don't think they will. No, right now the Vikings have a five-game lead, eight games into the season. Yeah. So I mean, like the Packers' case, the rest of the division looks awful. The Vikings have had their bye week, but I mean, basically for the Vikings to win the division, it's outplay the Packers and Bears by four games with nine to go. Yeah, I mean, play five hundred the Vikings win the division. The Vikings can win the division. Yeah, I will also give a little bit of credit to Detroit for playing Green Bay well and playing with ferocity after they had just traded away one of their best players to to Minnesota, no less. Their tight end, Hawkinson. Yeah, and they still came out and put a win down on Green Bay. That's, yeah. you know, I want to give a little bit of credit to Detroit because of their ferocity. We see where they're going. It's not coming to fruition this year, but you can see that they're playing with intensity. Good yeah. for them. Those I don't, players, I don't know what to say about the rest of that division. Those players love that coach. Yes, they do. They really wins. want to win with him. They want to win with Dan Campbell. They've got, and, and look, man, the Lions have got a tough road. At Chicago, Who's getting Justin Fields is playing better every week at the Giants, who are for real. <laughs> I got something to say about yes, the Giants. They are. Gosh. And then 
they got Buffalo coming to Detroit on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's the next – if Dan Campbell survives these three, it's just because these players want to play for him. Their defense gotcha. isn't very good. They played well this past week, but their defense has been horrible. Dan Campbell has already said he doesn't want to fire his defensive coordinator. Um, I think he's going to go down with the ship, and I do think the, the, the Lions are going to fire him this season, the end of the season. But I hope not. Man, I they play hard for that coach. They are not good. This is the most they play hard. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not good. But under Campbell, this is the most life we've seen out of the Lions in two decades. Yeah, these next and, I, and I, it it is to me like I understand where they sit and I get it, but where a Frank Wright has really fucked this up, where you know you can argue all the coaches that need to be fired right now, this is one that doesn't. He's trying to pull not out of the mud like the depths, like not just you know, like the mud, then the scum, then the bottom of the barrel, and the shit below that. He's trying to pull the team out from beyond. All of that. And that doesn't happen in one year. I think when you look at the Detroit Lions and see what the, the culture he's creating, this is going to pay off if you ride this out a little bit longer. Yeah. All right. Last team I'll talk about from week eight, from week nine, and we'll get into week 10 is the last undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we went on Thursday night you against the Texans. Them. And then they ran away with it in the second half of that game. How for real are they? At this point, anyone who questions how real they are doesn't know anything about fucking football. Yeah. And if you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, it, I mean, the next, here, here, just from here on, the next few games, Commanders, Colts, Packers. That's three games in a row that they should walk all over. Then you get some challenge. Then you get a little bit of challenge there with Titans. Giants, Bears, Cowboys. And then you have Saints, Giants to finish the season. Right now, they have at least, I think they can get, they're going to get to 11 and 0. I think they beat the Commanders, they beat the Colts, I think they beat the Packers. Their next challenge to me is the Titans in four weeks, you know, getting into, the, you're, you're through Thanksgiving into December, and they're, what, 11 and 0. They're 11 and 0 walking into December. They don't even do anything. They're going to own the playoffs. They own the division. Well, they're in it's a good crazy, division. But if you don't, if they're not, if they're not for real, I'd love to hear someone's argument against them at this point. Yeah. So this is the week I finally said that the Eagles are the best team in the league. I, I they're the best. They're they're better than the Bills. Um, I just don't know how you beat this team. I, and I was looking at it. After the game Thursday night, I came to the office on Friday. I was talking to some people, and we were talking football for a couple minutes. And I looked at the schedule, and I went, okay, yeah, I, I like them in the next three. I like that they have the Titans at home because Philly fans don't give a fuck. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. The Giants, I think, are good, but I think they're a run team. I mean, they're Saquon Barkley is an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Giants can give them a trouble. I think the Bears' athleticism with Fields is go- is not going to be what they think it's going to be in that situation. The Eagles are too good. So I started I looking like at this Fields. and I went, I went nine and zero, ten and zero, eleven and zero, twelve and zero, thirteen and zero, fourteen and zero. 
And I finally saw where they catch a loss. I think Maybe these Eagles teams are going 16 and one. I think they catch a loss on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys. It's their it's the best chance for them to catch a real loss. I like Justin Fields, but the problem is the Bears don't have a defense to stop Jalen Hurts in in that offense. I don't see that. I think they split with the Giants, and I think they probably beat the Cowboys on Christmas. The problem is they're at Dallas. At Dallas on Christmas Eve. That's going to be an atmosphere. That's going to be an atmosphere. That's an atmosphere. So. If I if you give the Cowboys the game if you if you pick the Cowboys there and say they split with the Giants they probably have two losses walking into the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not unoptimistic. Maybe they have a bad week. Maybe they have three losses and with one yeah, bad yeah. week, it's hard to go undefeated in this league. No matter who you are, I don't care what you yeah. what you say, especially with an expanded you know playoff and an expanded season. It's really hard to go undefeated. I think they walk into the playoffs with three losses. I think they split the Giants. I think they lose this one to the Cowboys. They got the first one, so it's not like they can't split with the Cowboys here. Yeah. And they got everything else going for them. Yeah. It's – they're good. They're just they're good. They are. They're well-rounded, both sides of the ball. They run the ball. They can throw the ball. Um, I, I think Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. I think it's – yeah, I said it right now. I think it's a five-man race for the for the MVP. I think Allen obviously had a bad game this week, brings it back to the pack a little bit. But I think it's Allen. I think it's Hurts. Mahomes has got to be in there. I think Burrow has played extremely well over the last month, and he's back in the argument. And in the one-nine quarterback, I gotta have Saquon Barkley because he's carrying a Giants team right now. He's absolutely carrying it. And, and honestly, I will say this as well. You know, I think he doesn't win it, but I think he deserves to be in that conversation as two yeah. I do too. I, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think that he's been great. You know, if he does something the second half of the season here, he's worth of that MVP conversation for what they ex- – here's what – and that's the thing. What we thought – would happen and then you bring in the concussion piece as well he's missed a couple of games there uh and what he's done with this team i granted they gave him all the weapons and he was the question mark same thing with jalen hurts jalen hurts was less of a question mark i knew he was talented but he didn't have any weapons it's like let's see what he can do with weapons tua was a huge question mark there was no bigger question mark walking into this season with the talent that he they surrounded him with and said we're going to go all in and if he can do it then let's see it. I think he's doing it, and he's worthy of that conversation. Does he win it? Probably not, but he's definitely in that conversation. I think that Tua has been great this season. I think he's played himself into a contract. He's played himself. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. agree. He's now the guy. I think that was the thing that he and Jalen Hurts had in common was they were both playing to the show that I don't think either of them, but they'd be MVP candidates. It happens that Jalen Hurts has played himself into the MVP category. Right now, I might vote for him for MVP. But I think that when I look at those two, they were the two guys that we knew if they played well, the teams were not expecting them to be the level they're at. And But we knew that if they did play at this level, those two teams would be very, very good. And that's what's happened to the Eagles. 
It's what's now happened to the Dolphins as well. Dolphins is six and three, and they've got a couple of games. They've got a game against the 49ers in a couple of weeks. But then on the backside, they got one last division game with the Jets, a last division game with Buffalo and New England. Those are really the only big games that the Dolphins have coming down at the end here in the last month and a half. Boy, they can make some hay here, and you might see three teams from the AFC East in the playoffs. And we thought Buffalo would run away with that. We thought, hey, nobody's going to be in there with Buffalo. Buffalo still, I think, is going to win that division. But now it's a one-game lead on both those two teams. And if you look, the South's only going to have one. And the West, you got the Chiefs. But the Chargers haven't played well. Herbert's still hurt. You know, that's a team that can drop a couple of games in there, and all of a sudden, and they're already a, game, a half a game behind the Jets and the Dolphins in the playoff race. So you never yeah. know. And both the Jets and the Dolphins are a game ahead of the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. And there's one Go ahead. There's one more name we have to, to throw in that conversation. Not because it's a leading name right now, but based on what could happen in the rest of the season, I think you have to kind of keep an eye on Geno Smith right now. The Seahawks are playing quietly. Well, quietly coming out of nowhere and owning the NFC, you know, really looking good. Let me pull this up. I I think you're right. And I was looking at stats a couple weeks ago and I was just shocked. Let me pull this up again. I'm going to go completely this year. I don't think enough people are giving Geno Smith yeah. and the Seahawks enough attention, especially yeah. in the media, as to what they have done, based especially on what they were expected to do. Yeah. Now, Geno Smith's currently sixth in the league in passing yards. So he's played nine games. A couple in front of him have only played eight. Sure. But uh, yards per game... Geno's in the top. He's like 12th. But here's where it's crazy. Number one, completion percentage. Yeah. 73.1. Only two quarterbacks in the league are over 70%. Care to guess who they are? We know Geno Smith now. It, over so higher passing completion percentage than Geno Smith. Only one Geno's first. Geno's first. Brian Hoyer is technically number one. He only played one game. And, you know, let's let's let, let's go with real starters at this point. Two players are at seventy percent or better. We know one is Geno Smith. Who's second? If I had okay, not having looked at it, I don't know what the, the numbers are. Hertz jumps to mind. He's not making mistakes he's, he's and fit. still he's six. Uh, he's Tom six. Brady's got he only has one interception. I don't know how many completions he's not Tom having Brady's a lot of well, 13. they're dropping up. So it's not him. It's not Tom Brady. It's not Tom Brady. Hertz Hills has to be up there. I think oh God, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. Just say it because it's I could I could re, I could just I could spin my wheels for all all night thinking about it. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, yeah. You know who leads the league in getting sacked? Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm Still. sorry. Fields is three ahead of him. Fields is a 33. Yeah, Burrow. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was gonna say he's off his pace from last year. He's not he's not on pace to break any sack records. I mean, he's up there, but damn. Yeah, but then you go you go look at like the touchdown numbers, and this is what we're talking about with Gino. I mean, Gino's been extremely, really uh, uh, good at protecting the ball. Mahomes the twenty one touchdowns. Allen's behind him at nineteen. Burrow's at eighteen. Lamar's at sixteen. Gino's at fifteen. Gino's fifth. Tied with two. Right up there. With the, they're ahead think, of they're ahead just of Just think about the names you just yeah, name yeah. look at all the names yeah. you just went through. That's my point. Yeah. I and agree. there's Gino. There's Gino yeah. Smith. Yeah, I mean, look at this. This is your top 10 right now in passing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. You expect them to be one and two. Obviously. Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. I mean, he's in the Super Bowl already. Great player. Lamar Jackson, yes. a guy who's already been an MVP, and it, to me is the and most underrated in the conversation this player. year. Yeah, and and yep. I think that he's an incredible player. And then Gina, he's getting paid this year. And then the next two are Tua and Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. But you know, Kirk Cousins, he's sitting there with studs all over the fucking field. Oh yeah, Someone he's got I mean, always open in that offense. We talked about uh, Kirk Cousins last time. We wait, don't have to worry wait, about that. We, we don't have to rehash that. We know how we feel. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just crazy. And then you go to interceptions. Who was on? And Kirk was on the Manning cast last night. Yeah, I didn't watch the Manning cast last night. I, I, I watched I watched the Saints it. Saints were on. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't have Peyton and Eli fucking with the Saints. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith has got four interceptions on the year in nine games. Highest completion percentage. He's in the top five in touchdowns. He is near the bottom in interceptions, and he's played more games. Jalen's only got two. Brady's got one. But, I mean, unbelievable. Here's here's the other thing. He's supposed to be great. Yeah, I, I took this, you know, I was thinking about this on Sunday, and I'm looking at the landscape of the NFL, and I think we're at that point where we're seeing the final change of the guards, where the veterans have, have aged out. Matt Ryan's on the bench. Tom Brady's retiring after this year. We know he's not going another year. Aaron Rodgers looks awful. I wouldn't want him on my team. Those guys that have been, you know, the 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 true the MVPs of the past. Last OGs. We're yeah. seeing the change of the guards. It's becoming Joe Burrow. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. It's guys like Jalen Hurts. It's Tua. It's Geno Smith coming out of nowhere, out of obscurity, to really lead a Seattle team that's quietly and you know just doing really really well. Yeah. You know what's cool about that though? The names you just mentioned, I'll say them again. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, um, Lamar Jackson. He said, yeah. How cool is it those six quarterbacks, four of them are African-American? Very cool. I remember, I remember fighting, you know, having, that, having those conversations around, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Donovan McNabb, when yeah, they were like yeah. the – only, only African American quarterback in the league. Yeah. No, I'm trying to remember you know, his name. We was played for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back when we were young, we had you know we had Randall, we had Randall Cunningham, 
who was fantastic. Yep. Had then later with, yep. the, with the Vikings. And then, you know, you had a couple of years where Cordell Stewart was really good. With the, you were talking about the Cordell Steelers. Stewart, thank Cordell you. Stewart. Yeah, Cordell Stewart, yeah. And, they, and that was a lot of that slash stuff that he did. But we yeah. haven't yeah. seen franchise quarterbacks who are African-American. We just haven't seen that. And it, it was rare. Growing up one, for us, it was very rare. It was, I mean, it was McNabb. It was a Michael Vick was the guy that he, you know, Michael Vick. Yep. And, and then you had Steve McNair who died. I mean, Steve McNair was, yeah. was awesome. I mean, that guy was going to be in the hall of fame. You know, uh, you know, it's Steve McNair, Warren Moon going all the way back. In yeah, the day. All the way back. But now you look, you take those top six guys and you just name them. And we didn't even get to Jalen Hurts or two of them. Yeah. So you take the top 10, you got six of them. Yeah. And I think that really bodes well for the young African-American quarterbacks in college. The guys like Bryce Young, like C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud's going to be incredible in the NFL. Justin Fields yeah. is really good. Justin Fields would not have gotten those opportunities 10 years ago. He finally looks like the guy that Chicago had hoped for him yes. to be. He finally looks yeah. that and way because, now. They need, get, they need to give him a defense and some tools around him. Yeah. Well, it's because teams have realized if you've got these kind of dynamic players, let the player be the player. Patrick Mahomes is a different set of, 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 of skills than everybody else. Josh Allen is a stipper, is a whole different set of skills than everybody else. Joe Burrow, and I would include Justin Herbert in this as well, they're more of the traditional skills. They're going to sit in the pocket, yes. read the defense. They got good arms. Now, yes. Burrow's kind of sneaky fast. Herbert has the incredible arm. But you can take a guy like a Jalen Hurts, like Geno Smith, um, like Lamar Jackson, and play them. And the, the, the problem has always been teams have said, we don't want our quarterbacks getting hit like that. I mean, this goes back, I can remember in the late 80s, early 90s, Randall Cunningham was as good as almost any of the quarterbacks in the league, but they said he runs too much and he gets hit. If he gets hurt, yes. what do we do? And I understand that argument because, yeah, if you lose your quarterback, you're going to be in some problems. But when you've got a dynamic player, and I use Lamar Jackson as the example here, Lamar Jackson is one of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. He absolutely is. And if you don't believe that, you're just not watching the games. Agreed. I mean. You don't have to like his play style. You don't style, have to like him. But you have and, to respect have, his ability. I think Lamar's great. I think he's great. Lamar is he's perfect for Baltimore. Like oh, they yeah, absolutely. Pay absolutely. They better motherfucking pay him. They ought to pay him and oh, play him on his every money. fucking billboard in that city. Because if you hear him talk, like I was watching the game last night, and of course I'm not rooting for them. They're rooting, they're playing the Saints, and I'm just fucking pissed because we're losing. I know, but, yeah. but man, Lamar's so good. And he gets him out of bad situations, he puts him in good situations. He can run. He can throw. You can run him on called runs. Buffalo's doing that with Josh Allen. So this whole hang-up yeah. of, I don't want my quarterback to get hit, I'm not putting up with that anymore. 
if these guys are athletic and it's going to help them play, play them that way. Absolutely. If Justin Fields is going to be good because he's going to put that part in his game, I'm, I'll take it. CJ I would just rather than do it smart. Yeah. Slide, step out, do yeah. what you got to do, but don't be afraid to be non-traditional yeah. just because that's the way other people think yes. of the game. The game has evolved. It's not the same game when Randall Cunningham was playing, when Warren Moon was playing, when Coral Stewart was playing, even when Michael Vick was playing. It's well, not the same game it's anymore. not the same game even go a few years back to prime Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. There's, yes. People tried to build their teams with quarterbacks like those two guys. Sure. I always say, this is my reasoning. I have said for years, I think Peyton Manning's a better quarterback than Tom Brady. And I've said it because of this. Peyton Manning changed how the positions played. Now, in the end, it's not necessarily been a good thing. What I mean by that is Peyton Manning was not the best athlete. He was a big guy. When he was younger, he had a better arm. He didn't have a good arm at the end when he had the next stuff. But he was always out thinking the defense and putting his players in positions to win. Um, yes what he was essentially good at doing was playing the position of quarterback in a in a way that nobody else did and so we saw the the line calls the omaha all this other stuff the line of scrimmage we saw that filter down in the other parts of the nfl in the college even in the high school we saw that filter down it changed the position but now what we've seen is teams realize that's a skill that nobody has. That Peyton yes, Manning it's, it's can do that. Made... Tom Brady can do that, but there are none of those anymore. The closest they're the, they're the exception. That's why the yeah, that's why the Manning Brady rivalry was so good because you had two quarterbacks yeah. who weren't how can I say it? Were not the most athletic quarterbacks, yeah. but their football IQ blew everyone Everybody out was. the water. Yes. If you and, put them under, you put them on the field with their offense and looked at the defense and said, "Here's how I pick these guys apart." Easy. Yeah. They yeah, did it all the time. Unlike any other quarterback, their football IQ made all made all the difference. Yeah, and I, you look at it, and I've said for years now, the quarterback I think has the most on-field skills out of our current crop is Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has more skills to play the quarterback position than Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. But he couldn't do what they could do in moving defenses around, putting the play where they needed to be, get the ball out of their hands quickly. Rodgers tried to beat you with his feet every so often. You never saw Manning beat you with his feet. Brady very, very little yep. does it. You know, Brady was like Dan Marino. Get the ball out of your hand. Just go, just go, just go. I mean, less than two <laughs> seconds, falls out of my hand. You can't you can't blitz me yeah. if I'm getting the ball out that quick. Um. But we don't see those skills now. And I'll tell you why. These players are too athletic. They can make plays. <laughs> and when you can make plays that will do the stuff that Lamar Jackson can do, stuff that Jalen Hurts is doing, um, you know, the stuff that Mahomes does is just wicked weird. But it works. Yes, it is. 
But here's the thing about all these younger quarterbacks is that they don't have the years that a Manning and a Brady yeah. have had to develop those skills. I am yeah. very curious what five years, maybe seven to ten years from now, what yeah. a Mahomes, an Allen, a Hurts, oh. a Lamar Jackson, what they will look like with those years and their football IQ under their belt and how they will manage games then yeah. versus how they do it now. And that's what's scary to me about the whole Patrick Mahomes and the, um, you know, them losing. We keep hearing this like they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Every goddamn broadcast, we got to hear it. But what did we say week one? Patrick Mahomes is going to be better without Tyreek Hill. It may take a little while to do this. Yeah. It may take him a little while and he's going to have some games where it's going to be heartbreaking. This past week was one of them. But in the end, he's a better quarterback without that. He's a look at what Juju Smith Schuster did this past week. He played the yeah. role of Kelsey, and Kelsey played the role of okay, double me. And Mahomes yeah. made it work. I, look, Mahomes is a better quarterback yeah. because he doesn't have just two guys throw to. He has to play the position. And it's you're right. It's yeah how good that guy is going to be that guy is going to be so good in five years when he's 32 33 years old Patrick Mahomes is going to look like nothing we've ever seen he's no they're going to he's going to look well because in you know you're looking five seven eight years he's not going to be as as athletic but his football IQ under he's, these circumstances can, is going to skyrocket uh-huh. Uh-huh. I I I have, for anyone who's out there who thinks that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, this is a flash in the pants that is just, you know, for a few years and then he'll, no, no, no. Patrick Mahomes is going to be around for a while. He, he's going to go down as one of the all time. A multi Super Bowl, multi MVP quarterback because he'll transition. That's the athleticism and acumen he has now becomes football IQ later. He'll be even better. Yeah. And I think that he's in the perfect coach. This is Andy Reid, and this is what I'll say about this. I'm kind of ended on this. Andy Reid's a great coach for him because Andy Reid's not your traditional, we're going to go back and throw it, and we're going to do combo patterns and everything else. He's not going out there like the Bill Walsh West Coast offense. This ain't Joe Montana's offense. This ain't, you know, St. Peyton Manning's offense. This is, let's use those skills. You knew he could do that because he used Donovan McNabb that way. I mean, Donovan McNabb, as good as he was, there was a time where Donovan McNabb was one of the best five or six quarterbacks in the league. It wasn't because he was one of the five best skilled quarterbacks. It's because Andy Reid knew how to use him. He took some of the principles of the West Coast offense and says, how do I do this with an athletic quarterback? And he did. And they were some really good teams. The knock on Andy Reid in Philly, so you couldn't finish the job. He got to Kansas City, yeah. he, got, he got Patrick Mahomes, and he already finished the job once, got to the Super Bowl a second time. Um, I wouldn't pick against them in any game. I really wouldn't. And Patrick Mahomes is Great. fun. And I'm not even a – you know me, I'm not even a Chiefs fan. God damn, he's fantastic Please. to watch. And he showed it this you, past Sunday. He showed it at the you end You know of how the I game. feel about this. I'm going to go down there and will this team in the end zone get a two-point conversion, take this motherfucker to overtime, and we're going to find a way to win. And 
as good as Josh Allen is, as, we know I love Joe Burrow. And I think that Jalen Hurts is great. There's a bunch of great young quarterbacks. Ain't none of them in his class right now. Kansas City is is rich in football right now. And you got to ride this as much as you. And you, you say it. I have never been a Chiefs fan. But it's my hometown team, so I know a lot of the history around Chiefs. You know, I watched Priest Holmes. I watched all of those guys for years. I, hey, I've lamented the Chiefs about how they rode their running backs into the ground year after year after year. But what they're doing now, and as long as they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and they have a solid defense, they're going to have success. Yeah. Their defense – and their defensive, so this was one thing I was talking about this past week watching the game. I'll, I'll get out the chief thing on this. I, I'm not a Spagnolia guy. Not a Steve Spagnolia guy. I don't like him because when he was the Saints defensive coordinator, they gave up more yards and more points than anybody in the league that year. They were horrible. And it's because he's hung up on blitzing. He blitzes way too much. But what they've done, this is where it's smart. Go back 10 years to the Colts and Peyton Manning. The Colts were built on get up two touchdowns, let Peyton cook, and let those defensive ends go right after the quarterback because you got to make them throw the ball 40 times now. You got to play a yeah. shootout. Make them play a shootout with you because you're gonna you're gonna always have the better sheriff, and you got those two defensive ends who are just crashing. Spag, Spags has done that defensively with the Chiefs. Now, he doesn't have two great ones like Mathis and Freeney were with the Colts. He doesn't have anything like that with the Chiefs. Chris Jones is good. He gets in their category. But what they do is they bring the extra guy. They get pressure on the quarterback. And because you're in a shootout with Mahomes, you got the pressure put back on you offensively. He's going to keep bringing blitzes at you. you got to make plays. There's only one way to beat the Chiefs. It's the way the Bengals beat them last year. It's the way the Titans keep beating them. Slow the game down. Figure out a way to not let Mahomes throw four touchdowns and beat them with the run game. And that's the only way. It's the only way. You're not going to win a shit. That, Buffalo did the same thing to them. Buffalo held them yep. 20 points. And they only scored 24. I mean, that's the thing. you got to be able to play defense. You gotta be able to play if defense. You're gonna get, yeah. You gotta be able to, you gotta play be defense. Able to the you gotta play the run game. If you're getting in a shootout with the Chiefs, you have already lost this match. Hey, let's preview real quick. Week ten coming yep. up. Um, we've got. I don't know if we have interesting matchups. Uh, I don't even know if we have any really good matchups. Sunday night, we've got the 49ers and the Chargers. Um. I know where you are on the 49ers. I, I think they're much improved. I think they're probably the second best team in the NFC. Maybe the third. Maybe third. Yeah. I think the, the, I really was impressed with the Vikings this week. I still can't get over Kirk Cousins, though. Um, Neither can I. Yeah. Dallas at Green Bay. I kind of want to watch that. But I don't see any games where I'm like, oh, my God, this is a great matchup. Minnesota. I, I only have one. That's the one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota Buffalo. That's the noon game. Uh, we get some CBS. Let me look. 
with the noon game on the CBS. Yeah, it's on. It's on Fox. Oh, Fox. The, yeah, the, it's on the Fox. Fox. It's on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. It's the early game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get that here in Kansas City or not. So it may be sports bar time for me on that one. Uh, that is probably the best well, match. The we're going to see if the Vikings are for real. Um, the Chiefs game's on CBS, so you might still get it. You might get both. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it here. Yeah, you might get both. So, um, but yeah, I think really the the best matchup of the week I think is that Minnesota Buffalo game. Comes down to how is Josh Allen's know. health? Yeah, Minnesota's. I'd be shocked if it wasn't the national game everyone got. Yeah, on Fox, yeah. I'd be so, I'd be shocked. Yeah. The other, the other interesting one that catches my eye is that Seattle-Tampa game, only because it's in Germany. And I think it's the first time we've had a Germany game. It is the first German game. Yeah, it's the first game they played over there. Yeah. Uh, they've only done London games, and now they're playing this one in Germany. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Gino Smith's going to go play against Brady in Munich. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I I would find it interesting only because it one, it's a Germany game, and it's it's Gene. I'm kind of interested to see what Gino's going to do, and if Tampa will be able to parlay this last week into something a little bit more productive. It's it it's an interesting. It's not like a matchup. I agree. Minnesota Buffalo is probably the game to watch this week. Everything else is kind of pedestrian. So if we had the if the London games are the tally ho bowl, what are we gonna call the German games? Uh the Oktoberfest bowl? Yeah, I like it's not that. October anymore, the problem, but I mean it's kind yeah. of in the vein. Yeah. I don't know. How about the oh, Schnitzen groups? <laughs> Fifteen <laughs> is my limit. <laughs> I do. Who I feel honestly, who I feel bad for right now is Amazon Prime because that may be the worst. Oh God! Yeah, Atlanta and Carolina. I. So I was. Let's talk about that for a minute because I found this interesting. I was talking to Tyler Jones about this. He was like, you know, God, these games are so bad on Prime, and their ratings are so bad. Their ratings are bad. They're people are not watching. I am. Amazon does not give a fuck what the ratings are. Did you hear how Amazon's looking at this? I think if you've heard me talk about it, maybe I. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Amazon does not care about the rating. If you look at the commercials, it's like 70% of the commercials are Amazon commercials. And the yeah, other one, their streaming series, yeah, their, their streaming product, service, sure. the Jack Ryan show, um, something about Prime, some you know, couple of items, whatever it might be. They're using it strictly to advertise their product. Now, they're getting other commercials like Little Caesars and um, I think BMW. The ones who are all the official NFL partners, they're still getting their commercials. Yeah. Sure. That's part of the agreement. And so Amazon's making a little bit of money on that. But what Amazon's figured out is Amazon, I read this, I heard this in sport, it was in Sports Business Journal, and I heard it in a podcast uh, with the guys at Sports Business Journal and from Sports Illustrated. An average Amazon spender. Now, do you have a Prime account? I've had it for yes. years. I've been to your house. Yes, you have a Prime account. I have a Prime account. The average American, just Americans, Spend six hundred dollars a year on Amazon. Oh, I blow by that. The average Prime member 
spends fifteen hundred. Oh yeah. So I got three deliveries this week alone. Yes. <laughs> so if Amazon can get you to buy Prime to watch your favorite team twice a year or once a year, and you go, ooh, look at all this other stuff on Prime, whether it's Prime Video or the shopping and shipping and everything else, you know that if you convert this person to a Prime member, it's almost $1,000. Yeah. So what they figured out, the secret sauce is they're paying a billion dollars a year for this. Okay? It's advertising. If they convert one million people to Prime at near $1,000 a person, 900 is 900 million. It's paid for itself. This 10-year contract that Amazon has, at the end of the 10 years, it's going to look dirt fucking cheap because they're oh, going to convert so many people to Prime and the average person is not going to be spending $1,500. they are going to be spending $2,500 and yeah. $3,000 and $5,000. I mean, especially if you live in the big city where you don't have a Walmart or a Target that's easy to get to. So what do you do? You order them Prime. We order everything from my office order- on Prime. I ordered tons of stuff from Prime all the time, all the time. And here's the thing. It is their first year. They don't have a lot of leverage in their first year to say, you know, we want better games out of the year this week. And let's not forget, you know, even Monday night games, because they're scheduled well in advance, the season schedule is already set before it starts. Some of these teams end up like shit. Like this Monday is Philly versus Washington. Washington. Really? Washington on Monday night? It's Fine, a division. Whatever. Philly's still a good draw. Yeah. It's a division game. But the, here's the thing. is that you, So you're not getting the best games, but it is your first year. You don't have leverage to bargain on that. Yeah. But at the same time, I would say that what they're doing, I've watched every Thursday night game on Prime. I've enjoyed every Thursday night. I thought the production was spot on. It didn't need to be flashy. It didn't be crazy. It needed to be... NFL football, and that's what it has been. I like the hosts. I like what they're doing at halftime. I like uh, Carissa Thompson as the host up there. I like that the, they have wit. I like they have fits. I like they have, you know, who they have on the panel, I like. Yeah. So I'm watching, and I enjoy it. Are they the best games? No. But this is a team that I believe is good for the primetime matchups they're getting, and they're able to deliver solid coverage of NFL games I couldn't watch before on the NFL network. Yeah. So the, I'm all in for this. I'm, and I think it'll get better. Yeah. Amazon has done an incredible job of production. Um, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet are great. Um, yes. You can tell that Al Michaels wishes he was still doing Sunday night football because it's not the biggest game. Um, and Al Michaels has been around forever in a day. He's always been on either Monday night or Sunday night um, yeah. all those years. But, you know, you look at it and you go, man, it's the production's great. And I do agree with you totally on the um, pregame and postgame. Carissa Thompson is incredible. Not only is she great to look at, and she is great to look at, but also she is 
very, very good that job. Like, I think she's yeah, better yeah. in that job than any of the studio guys currently in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I think she's better absolutely. than James Brown. I think she's better than Kurt Menefee. I think Kurt Menefee's really good with Fox. But I think Carissa Thompson knew she was never going to get those two jobs. She got this Amazon job, and she's great. No, not well. Not while those guys are there. Honestly, yeah. if I could get a, if I could get the the best of, I could. I would love to supplement that team with Aaron Andrews on the sideline. Yeah, I I really like what they've done at Amazon. I think their whole team is good, and I think that you know what they've done with the pregame shows and everything else. I uh, love Big Wit. Sherman's great. Tony Gonzalez is great. They just had yeah. Marshawn Lynch to do some stuff, and that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Marshawn Lynch is one of my favorites off the field. I absolutely love Marshawn. He Lynch. is entertaining. He is entertaining. Yeah, I would give Marshawn Lynch a YouTube show, or I'd give him a damn TV show. You know what I would do? I'd give Marshawn Lynch like a like a hunting and fishing show. <laughs> you tell me the Marshawn Lynch with a watch. fishing rod or a fucking hunting rifle wouldn't be fucking good TV. Yeah, I don't want to see him with a hunting rod, but with a fishing pole as he's tossing out and all he's doing is spewing for a half an hour. Oh man, I'm telling idea. you, Marshawn Lynch. If you did like an old school like nine 80s and 90s ESPN fishing show with Marshawn oh, Lynch, my. would be fucking incredible. I could see it now. Bass I'm calling Peyton Manning. Sponsored by Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, no shit. Sponsored by Bass Pro Shop, yes. Bass Pro Shop presents the Marshawn Lynch show. Marshawn Lynch and Pat McAfee talking fishing and, you know, just talking football while. Now while that, yeah, that I could terrible. see. I could see McAfee with him sitting there asking, Paul, you know, just snowballing him questions and he's just going off on football. Yeah. You know, I love, I love the Marshawn Lynch stuff. Cause he's Marshawn Lynch is wicked smart. I mean, he's, he's a Cal grad, you know, he, he, he yeah. knows what he's talking about and he does it in a, I don't want to call it hood vernacular, but it's a vernacular that, you know, his people, he and his people are comfortable with and it makes him approachable. And yeah. I love that about it. I love that about Marshawn Lynch. He's never been anything but himself. So it, he is, it, it's always he been is. genuine. Yes, he has yes. always been genuine. He's never been He's not faking it for any movie. camera, never has. Yep. I love that. So, yeah, previewing this week, man, I, I really don't like the slate of games at all. Um, I watched the Minnesota Buffalo game. Kansas City's going to be hosting Jacksonville. Over under on interceptions for Trevor Lawrence in that game. As as good as Trevor is, he is he's not he's not immune from interceptions. He's thrown a few. No, he's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick at two. I'm gonna say two. I'll go over. I gotta go three or more. I think he throws two. Um, my Saints are going to Pittsburgh. That's gonna be a piss poor game. Uh, Dallas at Green Bay. You know, I've never rooted for Dallas, but I might root for Dallas to give the death blow to Green Bay. <laughs> you know, watching that here's a here's the funny thing about the Green Bay game as I was watching it this week. Um I'm watching I have 
because of the bye week, because San Francisco was on bye, I actually had Garoppolo on my bench, uh, and so I had to play Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Is it bad that I'm sitting there watching him throw his third interception and saying, good? I'm actually rude. I, I have so much had it with Aaron Rodgers this year and all his bullshit. Every week, it's the players or this or that. Well, when you've lost this many in a row, I don't want to hear another word out of your mouth. Shut up, Aaron Rodgers. I was rooting against him, and I had him on my bench trying to win money. I would love to see Dallas stomp a mud hole in Green Bay and shut Aaron Rodgers up. I don't want to see another press conference. I don't want to hear another word out of his mouth. I think he's so full of shit and full of himself. I've had enough. I'm done. Yeah, it's. I don't disagree. I don't. Disagree. I've been an Aaron Rodgers apologist for a couple of years, but I'm not with him on this one. He is. This, this, this his whole act so, this offseason was played. And if you're going to behave the way he behaved in the offseason, you're going to have to come with it. And he is not. And it's forget been... how he behaves in the offseason. I'm sick of how he behaves during the season. I've had yeah. enough of him. I don't, I will not take his word. I don't want to hear it from him. I'm sick of him talking and I'm sick of his excuses. Yeah, he either you, know, you he, are the legendary quarterback you are or shut up. Yeah, I know. I will say it like this I don't have a problem with players having opinions. I really don't. But what I think that Aaron Rodgers has, and I think he has the Kyrie Irving thing. Of he doesn't, yeah, I can see that. he can't say, Yeah, I made a mistake. He's gonna find a way to put the blame on somebody else. It's that whole free thinkers thing. There's a very significant line of demarcation where Aaron Rodgers is basically Kyrie Irving without the anti Semitism. And it's just you're not gonna tell him anything different, he's not going to listen to anybody else. He's going to make his own research. I don't think Gary Rogers can put a fucking lab coat on. So, no, I, I don't believe I so. I think that when, you, when I, you behave the way he's behaved, it's hard for people to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's the same thing as, you know, Ellen and I went really hard on Kyrie Irving this past week. There was a lot of similarities. I think that there's a lot of similarities between Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers. Here's the thing right now that I think is is we can put all that aside, all of that off the field conversation bullshit around him and like a Kyrie. Here's where I come down to it and where I say he's full of shit. When you are a great quarterback, when you're a Tom Brady, when you're a Patrick Mahomes, when you're these guys, you elevate the players around you. What he's done this year is he's actually demeaned, degraded, and lowered the bar for everyone on that team. He makes them worse. And that's where I'm sick of it. He should be making his players better. He's a veteran. He's an MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. And what he's doing is making that team worse. And that's not what your quarterback, your MVP, your Super Bowl winning you know, legend, that's not what you're supposed to be. By yeah. now, he sh- we've talked about how he should have figured things out and made things work. He doesn't give a damn. That's what I see from him, where he doesn't care that the team around him isn't getting any better. And he certainly doesn't make him any better. He makes him worse. 
And yeah. that's where I'm done. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. So the rest of it is just noise after that. Yeah. Well, let's get it wrapped up here. I want to thank you, Uncle Rico, for coming on this week. I want to also shout out to our sponsor, Caesar Sportsbook. Hey, if you're not on Caesars, I, I got to tell you, folks, I had a great weekend. Um, first off, if you fade <laughs> my action, you got fucked this weekend. Because not only was I three, you know, <laughs> but I went ape shit on the other side. Um, I just couldn't. I was pretty much infallible this weekend. Um, I, I placed 13 bets over the weekend. I went 12. Okay, so I did really good. Uh, but what I'll say, Caesar Sportsbook, the one thing I do like about them compared to a lot of their alternatives out there, they can do three, they can do team teasers as well as parlays. One of their competitors who I also have used in the past, you can't do a teaser. If you don't know what a teaser bet is where you choose your three or four games, you get to move the spread six points or five points or four points, depending on what you want to do. You got to win all of them, but you get better odds and you can move the spreads around a little bit. So. It's a great way to do that. And it's a great way to make some extra money. Check out the Caesars app. Check out the link in the show notes. You're going to get your first $1,000. If you make up to $1,000 on your first bet, if you lose, they're going to give you a free bet equal to that bet up to a grand. Plus you're going to get an extra $50 deposit bonus with our link. So check out Caesars. We appreciate them sponsoring it. Be a Caesar. They have more than just cool commercials. They got a great, a great app as well. So. I want to thank, again, thanks Uncle Rico for coming in. And uh, I want to thank Tyler Jones. I want to thank Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. If we were a little late getting the point five out this past week, and this is going to be late, but if you haven't listened to the point five. Ellen and I went deep on the Kyrie Irving situation. I think it was one of the best conversations we've ever had. Definitely check that out if you haven't listened to it. So until this weekend, until Friday, when I'll be back on with Ellen from five. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. We'll be your time tokens at 9 to 5.